Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. This is the OKest Hunter Podcast. Never pass on shooter bucks, because that's just me in the freezer. It's your tag, you hunt how you want. This is OKest Hunter. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Eric, if you're hearing this, uh, that means we've succeeded. I got a face for radio and a voice for a boys choir so it's all good that's a good line yeah not bad so here we are a few days away it's it's uh yeah <laughs> pretty exciting stuff a uh, couple days saturday morning it's it's opening day of wisconsin's 2021 archery season it's what we've been waiting for it's what we've been waiting for um christmas come early you and i both have been doing a bunch of scouting you especially, because this is new territory for you. I mean, you're you're a transplant here, essentially, it's, aren't you? I think this will be great. Yeah, I am a transplant. I think this will be good because you and I have both been doing something. We've been doing it two very different ways. Yeah. Which is interesting for this. Cause, yeah. Um, my family and I moved down here last July, so it's been just over a year. And when we moved down after the painting and moving in and trying to unpack, I tried to get in the woods a couple of times, so I had somewhere to hunt. Right. And I ended up working out really lucky that i went into a spot blind and shot a decent buck early sure uh, but then this after september 20th when i shot that buck last year it was like all right game on like i'm gonna learn as much as i can about this area right so i've been on tons of different properties pretty much anything within an hour of where i live i've tried to get feet on the ground and i got cameras every camera's on a different piece of property pretty much and uh, i've been just trying to learn as much as i can as quick as i can sure how many cameras are you running? I think right now, I think I've got, well. Down here. I've got, yeah, I was going to say, I got Down a couple here. in Illinois. I got uh-huh. three in Illinois. Yep. But I think I've got 10 here. Okay. Nine or 10 here. Okay. And there's two cameras that I ran all summer on one property. Otherwise, they were all on separate properties. Okay. So I kind of just scouted, map scouted, and then got boots on the ground. And the spot that I thought, this is where, I don't know, I tend to. My trail cam, we talked about maybe talking about trail cam strategies, but what I did with all this, my cameras. This could kind of coincide with it. <clears throat> what I did with all my cameras, and I always tend to do this, is I'm really bad at summer cameras. You and I have talked about this. Yeah. I feel like I'm bad at it. Okay. Because I know where the transition, I feel like I want my camera to be where they shed velvet. Yeah. And they're going to be going into their fall home. Sure. Like subconsciously, that's always in my brain. So that's where I tend to hang my cameras. So that's... my summer pictures, I get some. Okay. But my idea is always, you hang it in summer. And you're not, there's no scent because the buck isn't typically living there. Sure. But when he comes into that fall range, the camera's already there and it's doing the intel. And then when I go in to hunt and I'm checking my cameras, I haven't disturbed that area at all. He's fresh to it. And it's like, you know, yeah, it's new to him. So he doesn't mind it. That makes a ton of sense. I never even thought about that, to be quite honest with you, because I'm just, I'm running cameras trying to get eyes on a buck, but knowing that that movement through that area where that camera is, there's a very strong chance it's going to be seasonal. Yeah. It's only going to last maybe till the beginning of October or like this year, we're in a drought down here. All that foliage and coverage is going to be gone. So yep. they might not only, they might only be there for a few more weeks and then off to the thicker stuff. And I think it's still, it's still useful and important. A lot of guys say summer pictures don't matter. And I think to some degree they do. It's just sure. what you use that information for. So well, yeah, how are you using your, that? Your area, I think it's very important to know that those deer are still around or still frequenting yeah. with your situation, which is a totally different right. unique situation right. that you're yeah, doing yeah, this that's, year. It's a totally different situation. We'll get into that later. <laughs> <laughs> but I like that idea and I like your line of thinking. And this is why, you know, we try to talk about this stuff is you get a different perspective on it. We all love to get pictures. I mean, I know you love to get pictures. You and I have been sharing pictures. I bet our, our inbox is ridiculously <laughs> full of trail camp pictures between the two of us. And 
it's cool to get those pictures, but it, it, it's not, it's not killing the deer. You know, yeah. the picture is not killing the deer. You're aware of his situation. You're aware where he's at right now or at that time. But like you said, that, that is their summer range and you got your cameras hung in a different area where they're probably going to go and rub around and shed their velvet. And it, it's a, a secure spot where you don't want to be in there every two weeks. Like I'm, I got a couple cameras that I can, I can reliably check yep. every two weeks because they're used to human scent in that area. And some of them, you can do that. If your yep. camera on the field edge, field feeding edge. areas, mm -hmm. they'll, they'll tolerate that a little bit. Right. Uh, and I did hang a couple. Yeah. On field edges this yep. year. Cause you know, talking with you and stuff, I was like, you know, I really should just, look for some summer deer and see right. if i can get some so your your insight helped me with that for sure sure but uh i think i was texting you this past weekend when i got out and checked some cameras there was a big rainstorm coming in the next day so yep. i thought perfect. perfect day to kind of dive Wash in scent out. and i was a little bit maybe maybe <laughs> i don't want to say bragging but i was saying hey greg i've been finding fresh rubs within a you know 20 30 yards of almost all the cameras I checked that day. You bet. Which is what my goal was. When they shift into that fall range and they start finding where they're going to hang out, I want my camera to be there waiting because that opening week of bow season, which is typically a little bit earlier than what it is this yeah, year. Yeah, this year it's a little, it's four days off. Four I mean, or five days which off. isn't it's not, huge deal. It's not going to make a big difference. But I, I love to wait for that, you know, do like my last August card pull typically mm -hmm. to see what's going on. And then I just leave those cameras for a couple weeks till season and then I'll make my best guess pull the card when I go in to hunt and hopefully that's already there. So the camera at that point just becomes like a confidence builder, I yeah, guess, yeah. where I, I already kind of know where I want to be or, you know, cause you're, you're already thinking about where those bucks are going to be in their fall range or like the, the cover. And uh, it's a little bit different down here too. Cause you have so many of those dead ash trees. Oh, there's tons of them. I mean, up North where I'm used to typically hunting when the leaves come down, everything changes. Right. So this change down here feels like it happens a little bit sooner, maybe. Sure. Than it happens up there because the leaves don't drop till beginning of October-ish. Okay. But here, some of your ears, I don't know. They feel like they're already, you know. With with the with the drought, yeah. This year. Yeah, I suppose this year with the it, drought, it, it's different. you're going to see colors come up. I mean, maples are going to be turning. Some of my maples in my neighborhood, the oaks have already been shooting acorns, uh, for two weeks now, yeah. and that's kind of early, you know. Typically your our, our hickories are dropping middle of august and we already had we already had oaks dropping acorns there's been acorns almost every yeah. time i walked the last month and last year so we had a couple strikes against us last year there were little to no oak trees dropping acorns they just didn't make any we also had a weird frost that messed things up late spring or something yeah like it was it was just really spring. weird it was it was weird it, it was a, a spring you know we had spring starting and then it cooled off and we got a frost just as things were starting to form but our oak trees here too i've noticed like every other year we get a, a crop of acorns so if last year was the off year where we didn't this year is the year that we should technically have acorns i'm walking by some of the trees just because it's been so dry and i didn't see any acorns up there mm -hmm. now further up because some of these oak trees are so big there probably is some acorns on there yeah but i i haven't set foot back in some of those areas now because like you said middle to end of august i don't want to be messing around in there anymore yeah I'm, I'm done playing around i've done all my summer scouting I, I like doing the summer scouting. What I don't like is the bugs. This year wasn't <laughs> bad for the bugs because we're in a drought. The beginning of summer was gorgeous. Yeah. Scouting, it really wasn't bad yeah. at all. But uh, I don't know. The bugs weren't terrible this year. They weren't terrible last year either. But I typically don't scout as much as I did this summer. But I have a reason I scouted as much as I did. Mm -hmm. You know, a damn good reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a real good reason. So <laughs> we'll see if we catch up with it or not. But running the cameras, I was able to verify somebody was in the neighborhood. And by checking them every two to three weeks, I was able to go, yeah, he's on here pretty consistently in the spot. I know that there isn't much for acorns over in this area. I know where there's a few other trees dropping in another area, but I also know that there are guys hunting in that area where the acorns where typically the acorns drop. typically drop 
I'll, I will find at least one brush blind and I will find a two by six strapped up into a tree with with a rope ladder going up in there. It's pretty janky looking. <laughs> Sounds interesting. Oh yeah, it's quite interesting. So, and there's usually three or four cameras in there also. I would imagine there's deer, I mean. Oh, there's, there's deer sign. There's gotta be buck sign. I mean, oh yeah. Typically up yeah, in those oak flats or oak ridge traps, you can yep. have rubs, scrapes, yep. there's you know, a couple. all that good stuff that those guys wanna hunt. Yep, there is. There's always, and it's a well manicured path that these guys go in every year and they go and snip stuff down. They make their own path through it. The warden walks in there. I'm sure he probably wouldn't be very happy to see all that, but it makes it nice for the deer and it makes it nice for those guys to be able to walk through there and get in. So that's the nice thing about summer scouting too is right around now, I think those guys will have all that stuff in there. I know the cameras are there. Yep. I've seen them. If I take a walk, through there tomorrow or Friday, it'll, I'm sure I'll see what I'm thinking I'm going to see. There'll be the evidence of that brush blinds built here, that piece of two by six with the ratchet straps and the, and the rope ladder will be back up in the tree again. Okay, that's good. That's good for me because the deer are going to already know those clowns have been in there. So are you thinking that those guys will be in there early season? Or you think they're just getting it ready for hunting later in the season? Because before we put yeah. stuff on, we were kind of talking that seems like a lot of people, not a lot, but a lot of the kind of weekend warrior-ish, like they're waiting until the wet, you know, temperatures get colder and the right. snow die down. But do you think those guys will be in there hunting those acorns early or hard to tell? Hard to tell, but I did, I hunted that spot, that ridge, even though I found that sign the one year, three years ago, I, I went back in there and and actually they didn't have a they didn't have a stand up but you could tell someone had been in there because the trail had been freshly yep. clipped and you know the branches were still green where they had caught so and i found one trail camera at that time so they probably saw my picture on there and doubled their efforts and added another <laughs> stand and maybe did some more work i don't know yeah but i went in there i went past to where those guys were hunting and i i hunted like the ridge comes down, goes to a flat, and then it goes off into the swamp. And there were quite a few um, trails that came out of the swamp to that flat. I hunted till dark opening day, and it was windy. It was hot in the 80s. The mosquitoes were terrible, and I didn't see anything other than another hunter lighting up a cigarette right at dark. He, was, he never knew I was there because I, I came in from a different access point than where they parked at the top of the hill. Gotcha. So was he up on top of the ridge or up the ridge? From he there? was, so he was probably like middle of the ridge. So not on top, not on the bottom, like middle of the way. Above you? Yeah, he was above me because <laughs> I was down at the lowest flat before it dipped into the water. Yep. I was like two, tra two trees away from putting my toes in the water. Which is where you have to be. For an evening hunt. Well, because... and, and I, that's what I thought too, but the wind was wrong to even be there. But I was probably more so hoping because I'd done some scouting and found some other beds south of there and the trails had looked like they were going north south. But then after going in there, because I hadn't touched it all summer, yep. going in there, well, the trails are coming right to here. And on a, a typical wind, a westerly wind, that would have blown my scent right down that trail. Gotcha. So, but we had an easterly wind that night. So I was like, well, this makes sense. Went in there, hung my set, set up in there, saw nothing, just the hunter, you know? And I think I scared him a bit because I actually came out. I started breaking my stuff down, right at legal, you know, time's up, yep. pack it all in, down with the stand, the sticks, camera arm, all that fun stuff, <laughs> packed it all up on, on the stand, you know, like a, like a frame pack and started walking through and, all of a sudden I see a flashlight probably about 50 yards down the ridge from me come on and flashing around and I had a big headlamp so I just flashed it his way turned it off because I knew it was bright and just kept walking and then I could smell a cigarette so he was up there smoking a cigarette and uh I just I just kept walking you know and, and got out of there and I think I blew one deer out in one field on the way out because there's a big CRP field between me and where I had to park so it i learned something you know just going in there never sitting in there before i learned the amount of hunting pressure there was yep. and who's in there 
you know, in their habits. So it wasn't a total loss. I just can check that spot off, you know, and go, yep, it's not worth putting the time in over here because these guys got it all stunk up. Which, I mean, those kind of hunts happen. Yep. They feel like a bust at the time, but really it's almost just as important as if you had gone undisturbed and right. not seen anything. I would say it's almost more important because then you know, okay, this is what's happening here. Yeah. And know to focus elsewhere. Elsewhere. And that's almost as good as knowing where to focus on as knowing not where to focus on. So you don't burn too much time in those spots. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was one sitting there and I was, no, nah, this just isn't the spot. Yeah. So I picked up and, and moved off and I, I put a put a little time in another spot and that one didn't pan out either. So it was another one going, okay, this isn't it either. It's not the place to be. You know, whether it was the way the wind was carrying or something, it just was a new spot to me. So learning new spots, it, it, it pays to sit them, even though if you kind of have a little bit of doubt, just give it, throw one set at it. It's, I think it's worth it just to kind of and, peace of mind. And I like what you did there. With, and that's what I was saying. At least you were where you needed to be because you said you were near the bottom of the swamp. You're almost in the water. No matter which way the wind's going, when that wind settles that night, unless it's super windy, your thermals, you know, yep. you're going to drop. So that guy who's halfway up the ridge, if he's educating all the deer and you can't shoot to him, yeah. why the hell are you sitting halfway up the ridge? Yeah. At the bottom, at least if they make it and your thermals are there, at least, you know, they make it to that edge, you might be in the game yet. Yeah. But if you're higher up on that ridge and your thermals are dropped, you know, depending mm -hmm. on the situation. Right. But you got to put yourself in the game. Yeah. And, I, you know, I'm always dropping milkweed shoot my uncle years ago taught me about milkweed you know oh, i don't use the powder the powder powder thing a lot of guys will use a powder thing and i never even knew what that was at the time but he had he had a pocket full of milkweed that he always keep in his in his jacket and he kind of showed me about that and you know and you start watching some of the other stuff and everybody else is using milkweed too so <laughs> it was pretty neat but milkweed it was great that that first sitting that flat dropping milkweed and you know you, you feel the wind do one thing and because there's water there that thermal actually will pull even if you have a certain wind it's kind of it was an easterly a southeasterly so it'd come in hit the ridge and kind of tumble it was almost like a vacuum effect where mm -hmm. it would tumble a little bit see so i could drop that milkweed and watch it coast for about 20 yards heading the way the wind was and all of a sudden it would get behind something Right flip around. around it right around and come back and float up again because it, there was some sunlight in there hitting it the heat the thermals would cause it to rise would come back up and kind of hang there and then it would push off and fall again it was doing all sorts of weird stuff you do you do learn a lot with that stuff and yeah. how interesting it is and how the wind plays with this is completely unrelated but yeah i was uh shed hunting a cedar swamp with okay. my buddy lane and his girlfriend lexi and we we're shed hunting this big cedar, and it's like a vast section Big oak ridge up on one side, and then we're walking through the cedar swamp, and all of a sudden I see a light spot up ahead. Maybe about 150 yards in from the swamp edge, it's an area where a bunch of trees blew down. Yeah. Created an opening. Sure. So naturally head to that opening, and of course, all kinds of rubs all around that opening. As soon as you get in there, you're feeling wind. Really? You're walking through a cedar swamp, right? It's, yeah. It's, you know, it's consistent canopy all the way across. Right. You don't feel any wind. No. You get to that opening, all of a sudden. Yeah. That wind is Things start dumping happening. in there. And it's like, well, no shit. Why would a deer walk through the middle of a cedar swamp where the wind's doing next to nothing? Yeah. Here, everything's a, dumping in there. So those bucks were coming into the back end of that opening. They had rub lines around both sides of it going up to the oak ridge. They were going in there. All it's right. like, you know, you hunt in there? No, they're going to smell you. But it was like, you know, it was just a perfect example of seeing how they're using their wind. Why walk through? A whole bunch of nothing that's consistent. Yeah. And here I can get everything. I was just like, I took a video of it. There's two balloons in there. This is up in the middle of the <laughs> national forest up there where there's no balloons. The balloon thing's a, it's funny to talk yeah. about. Yeah. Down here, now when I live down here in southeastern Wisconsin, there's balloons everywhere. Oh, yeah, there's balloons all over the place. <laughs> but when I was up north, you don't find many balloons. So when, no. I, when I really did find a balloon, I would kind of yeah. take note of it. And usually it was in an interesting spot like that. Yeah. And in that spot, there was two balloons within about 20 yards. And there's deer rubs everywhere around it. Unreal. So just interesting about the wind. Oh, yeah. No. Totally sidetracked. No, that's what this is all about. Go down a few rabbit holes and maybe somebody else will help somebody learn something. Connects the dots. It connects the dots, yeah. And, <clears throat> you know, as being an okay hunter, uh, it's it's good to have these little 
little tips and tidbits and talk to everybody. And that's what this is about being able to, you know, throw our experiences out there and maybe it's going to help someone. Exactly. You know, you, we follow the crumb trail. <laughs> I mean, everybody's experience or journey is a little bit different. And I was just really, really lucky that my dad yeah. led me. I wouldn't even say a trail of crumbs. It was like a trail of loaves of bread. Loaves of bread. I, yeah. I spent so much time in the woods and like always dragged me in the woods that just from following you around, man, I felt like at a young age, I had already learned yeah. more than, and at the time I had no idea. So that's how everybody was. Yeah. And then also I realized my dad is a real weird guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> he is in the woods so much. Sure. And then like, and that just got instilled in me. And yeah. And, and my dad was in the woods a ton too, as when I was a kid. So like I could drug out to the woods, to help make firewood. I'd get, you know, let's go for a walk. Let's go, let's go scout. And we did all that, but, my dad's method of teaching and your dad's were totally different. My dad had no patience for, yeah. for me, you know, growing up, it was, I remember first, first season of gun hunting. Cause that's, that was the first thing I did was gun hunt. I dad, we didn't have money to go buy me a bow. So, all right, I have a shotgun. You're yep. going to go gun hunting this year. So I remember him. we're out there probably four o'clock in the morning. You know, it was early. It was at least an hour before daylight. All right go to your stand it's over there okay do i get a do i get a flashlight no you'll scare the deer away so just just walk walk over there you know where it's at well yeah i've been there twice so <laughs> i kind of know where it's at you know and you're 12 years old walking along with with the old 870 and you hear something who knows what it is raccoon oh crap yep exactly you don't know what it is, but you know, at that age, if you've never gone out there in the dark and messed around, you don't know what it could be. No flashlight in hand. So I'm just a little kid walking along with a big 12 gauge, yep. trying to figure it out. And I remember like getting really close to the stand and like not being able to find it. And I remember it's just turning gray light. And I remember like trying to silhouette it. I'm getting down on my knees and trying to look through the trees to see that platform. And as soon as you start looking like that, right? Yeah. Then all of a sudden you're like, am I looking the right way? And you yeah. start turning a little bit. And then all of a sudden you're all discombobulated. Yeah, you're That's lost. how I used to be. Yeah, yeah. Because in the Northwoods especially, because there's so much canopy there. Well, yep. here it's it's a plot of hardwoods between fields. You got edges. You know? Yeah, I got edges at least <laughs> to work with. So I was inside the edge. I thought I went east and instead i went way north and i'm looking and looking and i i remember like it's getting lighter by the second and i hear things running around and i can just make it out i can just make out the platform of this homemade tree stand you know made a conduit and plywood perfect oh yeah it's a real beaut <laughs> and strapped there with a with a piece of dog chain you know and i remember just picking it out and here i was probably 40 yards away from the thing so oh, good there it is and go up there and how do I get in this thing? He put steps in the tree so the old screw ends. Yeah. But yeah, it was set for a man that was six foot two. You were twelve. And I'm twelve and maybe knee high to a grasshopper at that point. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I was even that tall, buddy. But I remember trying to like climb up this thing, you know, and I remember dad telling me, you got to use the rope, tow your gun up, don't carry it up loaded, don't do any of that. So the gun wasn't even loaded at that point anyway, because we never allowed to walk out in the, yep. out, out there without with, with the gun loaded. It was unloaded, breaches open. He taught us good, good safety stuff. But I remember getting up there, you know, huffing and puffing, sweating. And the wind picks up, and all of a sudden it starts raining. Your <laughs> typical opening morning in the southeastern Wisconsin. And uh, getting up there, and I can, you know, I can make things out pretty clearly on the ground. Pull my gun up and sit there. And by then, it, you know, things had calmed down. The rain had picked up, and the wind was starting to howl a little bit. And the rain, rain went away. But see, we went down a rabbit hole. Story time. <laughs> Story time. It's nostalgia, right? Yeah, it's nostalgia, man. I don't even know where we're going with that, but to, I guess to the point, my dad didn't have the patience your dad did. You know, your dad might have sat with you for your first deer hunt, or you know, at least guided you to it. Where my dad was, nope, do your thing. I'm going to be over here doing my thing. 
before we uh, jump off the dad topic here, for any dads out there listening, here's one thing my dad did, and maybe this is different up in northern Wisconsin here where we hunted, walking around National Forest, but I love that he did this. Yeah. It, uh, what we did is whenever we would walk, it was just, I was an only child, spoiled brat, right? So it was, <laughs> dad would lead the way because he knew we were going. I was in the middle. Mom would take up. She would always come with us. Yep. She was the caboose. Mm-hmm. So she just wanted to make sure I was keeping up and whatnot. And what we would do ever since I was a little, I mean, six, seven years old, is we'd walk out to wherever we're going. And then we'd get there. We'd do what we needed to do. And then dad would say, all right, take us back to the truck. So nice. I learned at a very young age, you pay attention to where you're walking, what hills you're going over, what trees you're going by, because dad was going to ask, take us back to the truck. Which uh-huh. way do we go? Uh-huh. So I'm glad he did that because, man, I started paying attention to everything and like woodsmanship. Yes. And, you know, this was way, way back before you were, you know, doing anything with mapping and phones or anything. No, like that was so, way before. So, the good so old days. Knowing how to, <laughs> you know, knowing how to get around the woods. I, I hunted with guys who, you know, were scared to go off where the areas they knew and it was i never had that fear because no. my dad had taught me that yeah and he had the patience for me sure so i never so i always was like i'm just going what's over that ridge what's over like i never once thought about where in the hell am i going to end up because i just always felt the way to get back which was hugely beneficial yeah so dad's out there you got kids you bring it in the woods teach them that stuff early and have them pay attention because that really really helps their confidence yeah and be patient with them you know Take yeah. the time. If you're going out there on a mission, you know that you got to be back by 1.30. Maybe that's not the day to do that. Yes, that's you a good know? point. Yep. So pick a day where you can have the whole day. And if they want to catch frogs and pick dandelions, and you let them do that. Yep. They're going to associate good things with being in the wilderness and being in the woods. You got so, it. What the hell were we talking about before we got down that rabbit hole? <laughs> opening day or something's opening coming day, up? Something Is that like happening? That's it. That's right. Yeah, it's something about yeah. opening day. I don't know. We're talking about the past. Too yeah, much. yeah. I don't know. That's to... part of the fun of it, though. That's well, part that's, of the fun That brings us to where we are today, right? Yeah, that's right. That's, that's why we hunt. It's the tradition. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like the whole nostalgic thing. You bet. And, you know, getting back to my uncle, too. He, every time he would come over, it was long before I could even go out and deer hunt. Like, I call my uncle, but he was my dad's best friend. He taught my dad how to deer hunt because my dad didn't grow up in a deer hunting family. So he was kind of a mentor. He was about, I don't know, five or six years older than my dad. He's 72 now. I just talked to him yesterday. Oh, really? Still still deer hunting up in the Northwoods. That's awesome. Yeah. But I always look forward to seeing him because we'd see him like once or twice a year. It was usually before deer season or after because pretty much September through November, he is up at his place up north and just doing his thing. and doing his thing. Was it's, that up in Burnett? It's up in Burnett. Awesome. Yeah, so <clears throat> plenty of good stories to, to be told about that place. But I always enjoyed listening to those stories. I mean, the story of him out in Wyoming rolling his truck in a washout in the middle of nowhere, and all he had was a couple of jacks and his buddy, and they they got it back up off of its side and on its wheels. Holy cow! An F two fifty from the sixties. <laughs> Just a beast of a truck. A giant square Just, body. Oh, giant square body truck. And he they roll it. nicely. Oh, yeah. They roll real good. They stop on their side because yeah. they're flat. <laughs> no, man. But just the cool stories that he had. And, and I guess that's really what drove me to want to deer hunt a ton. And just the adventure of it all. I mean, I haven't gone on any major adventures yet that I can say. But I've had some fun along the way. And then, like you said, everybody's life's different. I got involved with work, and work took me kind of out of deer hunting. Not totally, but not to the point where I could do it consistently, you know, where you, you've managed to keep real consistent. I mean, it shows. My, my friends always joke that, like, you know, they fish, they do this, they got, you know, like, you just, you just really love deer hunting. Yeah. I said, yeah, I love to dabble in fishing, but man, I don't know what it is. This yeah. is just what I like to do. No, and I love to fish too, don't get me wrong, but it's really... Well, I'm glad, because you and I talked about the work situation, how you wrote it for a while. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad I'm dragging you back in. I don't know, I'll, I'll take some credit for that. I, I'm not taking all the credit, but he's back in it, and I feel like he's geared up and fired up, and yeah. we're, uh, we're, we're going to do our best to... I, I'm excited to follow you in your chase this season because you've well, got a hell of a nemesis. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about your opening day strategy or what you're going for. Or... Well, let's talk about yours first. Okay. So you've been bombing around to several properties. Yep. Do you have like out of 
we'll say six properties maybe do you have like a top two or three i do not have a target buck for the first time in many years wow down here okay up north running cameras with my dad yeah um you guys got that my dad was so nice like i brought cameras up there in the spring i was like let's throw it he's like he said dude don't even put them up here like i've got so he bought a ton of cameras my dad's running 22 trail cameras jeepers none of them are sell so these are all like which i told him you know whatever yeah um but he's like keep all your cameras i got enough like you put them down by you okay i was like that's awesome like what a nice guy but uh, we got some areas up there. We got some very nice bucks. But the Northwoods always have big ones. Yeah. We can always find them on cameras. They're always older up there yep. than anywhere I've hunted locally. Sure. Just because there's not as much pressure. Not as much pressure. The The timber patches are more vast. Yeah. It's big woods. So, I mean, there's always good deer. Oh, yeah. People don't think they're up there. They're, they're, they're up there. always good deer. They're up there. Even, but, even like where I hunted, the opposite side of the state from where you're at. Yep. They're there. That's where the state record was shot. They're they're there. Yeah. The big woods is always a good place. Yep. It's always good. It's just hard. Well, it's just it's di- hard. Difficult hunting. Yep. Until you get used to it, mm-hmm. and then it gets a, a scotch easier. Not much. It's still very hard. We, you and I both know people <laughs> it's that still very hard. have been hunting up there for years and still haven't shot a wall hanger. I know people who hunted up there for thirty years and never shot a deer. Yeah. I mean that's a real thing. Yeah. Um. But anyway, down here I got I got a whole slew of bucks on camera. Two three. Nice racks. I don't have anything gigantic, but sure. I, I'm okay with that. Like, yeah, the deer are gonna filter in, filter out, and if a 138 pointer comes, I'm gonna right, be very happy. You're gonna be very happy to. And yeah, we've got Illinois. Uh, yes, we potentially, do. Potentially, um, hopefully everything goes well and we can get yeah. down there. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I, I have no problem punching a tag early on a nice buck. Like, yep. I'm happy to shoot a nice buck. So. And then we can focus on. Yes where we think there's some real monster potential yes um but i've, I've got some decent deer on camera a couple of big eights uh one nice narrow heavy 10 uh any of those bucks i, I don't have one picked out which i feel like is kind of nice like, no because i like to bounce you and i have talked yeah. about this i love to bounce around and try new spots all the time so not having one deer on my mind is like in a way i feel like really good about it sure um so the other fun part is i've got a buddy coming down yeah uh, my buddy adam yep. who you and i started yep. illinois with and adam yep. is a phenomenal hunter who's only been hunting for a couple of years but is like picked up he's picked up stuff insanely quick and he's just a good he's dude he's a hard worker man. yeah this guy is some of the spots he's hunted that i know of are like i would not have gone to there because no. he's getting up at like he's leaving at like two in the morning to hike it so i just uh, he got a really nice buck last year with his bow and he's coming down for opening weekend and I'm like, man, I got a slew of decent bucks yeah, on camera. Yeah. Like, let's get after it. Yeah. So I was just excited to hunt with him and try to get, you know, try to get us on some bucks. But, uh, I'm always very confident when I go into hunt that I'm going to kill one. That's good. And I can honestly say opening morning, I feel like I'm going to kill a nice eight point. I hope you do. I got a, I got a cool buck on camera with bloody antlers that I sent you. Okay. Yep. And I went in to check that camera before the rain and man, there was two really big rubs on the edge of this thick patch. That's a little bit of high ground in a, in a low area and it borders a river. Okay. So there's a river that flows in. There's a little bit of high ground, and by a little bit, I mean it's probably like 150 yards. Okay. But it's narrow. Okay. It's just and a it's, narrow it's island. Thicker than hell. It's like primrose, uh, that rose bush, primrose. That, that's multiflora rose. Multiflora rose. Mul- yep. That stuff is Multiflora terrible. rose on the edges, and then it's all thick stuff. But, and there's tons of deer trails, tons and tons. Sure. And I found beds, and then on the tips, buck beds. Yep. And then I found one huge buck bed with a great rub line in the spring. It was on the interior between the thick and the river. Okay, nice. It was just off the end, it was a hump. Okay. Surrounded by water, which none of the other beds were that, they're all on the main ground. Sure. And this one was a nice big hump, surrounded by water with rubs in the bed, and then there's a huge rub line leading out to this, what I would call a transition area where you cross a creek. I ran my trail camera on the creek, had all kinds of nice bucks on there this summer. And uh, on the other side of the creek is where it looked like they transitioned. So okay. there was rubs and rubs and rubs and rubs. And then they would work their way out through this lowland, off towards some crop fields, acorns. There's white oaks that are have a couple of acorns on yeah. them. So uh, for opening day, if the wind stays the same, it's projected right now to be blowing out of the northeast-ish okay. in the morning. Very okay. light. Okay. But I'm going to be coming in from the west in a kayak very early. Yeah. Kayaking basically into the wind um, the entire way. 
and I got to take about 20 steps off the river and I will be over his bed on the downwind side. That's perfect. With acorns in front. So I don't know exactly which direction I think he's going to come from, but there's acorns and they're all over a hundred yards away. Wow. So I feel like even if I'm, you know, I'm going to try to get there early, but yeah. I feel like he's going to be feeding. Like they're coming from a distance from these fields. There's a bunch of fields on the other side of the road. Sure. I think he's going to stop at those white oaks because there's acorns on the ground. I found caps there when I was there. So okay. I think he's going to be feeding there and I don't think he's going to get in super early. Um, but I feel like if I can get up in a tree, nice and high, the wind blowing out back toward the river, thermals pulling to the river. I think I'm going to shoot yeah. one opening morning. That's, that sounds pretty dynamite. And I mean, historically, Sounds of rubs. Fairly foolproof, in fact. The two big rubs I found, if the wind stays the same, I'm feeling very good. Yeah. Feeling very good. I'm seeing the same thing. I, I pulled up the Spartan Forge app and took a look at the wind direction, and it's projecting an easterly variation. Something of that sort. Something of that sort. Yeah, I, I've, seen, I've seen it change three times now in the past two days, but it's still saying some sort of an easterly breeze. So that kind of plays out pretty decent for my spot because I'm hunting out in the swamp. It's a very dry swamp. Now you're hunting evening, correct? I'm, I'm definitely not going in there in the yeah. morning. And I think that's wise in your location because yeah. you got a, he, Greg's got a boatload of deer. It seems like there are, said. there's, there's centuries. Satellite there are I mean, satellite bedding all over. That buck is using his deer herd wisely. Yeah, he is. He's, he's, <laughs> he's using them as pawns, rooks and bishops, man. It's definitely a chess game in that little area. So he's got the board set in his favor because I know when I've gone in there to check cameras, I've booted deer out. I mean, yep. every time I've messaged you or sent you videos, I can hear deer bouncing off in the distance. But they're always back in there. Oh, they're always that's, in there. They feel safe there. That's yep. their spot. Yeah. Well, that's what you got going for you. That's what I got going for me. So my access is going to be totally different than if I were going to go in there and check trail cameras. I'm yep. not going to follow that little trail that I got marched through there to check trail cameras yep. because I don't, I'd never deviated off of that. I didn't go very far. Which is probably a good call. It is. You must because, have planned that out a little bit. Well, and, and I've scouted that spot probably four years in a row now. I've mm -hmm. scouted the crap out of it. In fact, I think I posted a picture about it some time ago, right when you and I first got to know each other a little bit. You're like, oh, that looks like some of the stuff I hunt. Yeah, it's it's very reminiscent of Northwoods in that area. It just is. Yep. And that could be why I'm drawn to it. And the fact <laughs> that there's there's some nice deer in there too. That's why. Mm-hmm. But if I were to run that trail and like I was checking trail cameras, that would totally booger the whole spot. Those sentry deer that are better. Those sentry yep, yep. Yep. Those satellite sentry deer, they're not they're they're either going to run through and take them with or who knows what they'll do but my plan is to come in a different route circle in and get up to where i know where that bed is because i bumped him i bumped him last year in september at the end of september when i was speed scouting i just went in carried my bow with i didn't bring my tree stand i just went out there with an arrow knocked I got to figure something out with this. So I, I didn't find what I wanted, you know, in other spots. So I went plunging in, arrow knocked, crossed one part of the swamp, came up on a little piece of high ground. And of course I go to step on a log. Well, it was a blowdown, probably about 30 feet long. And once you know, as soon as I stepped on it, <laughs> that dumb thing came right down, crash. A little bit of noise, maybe? Just a little bit of noise. Okay. It came crashing down to the ground. <laughs> And I just about fell on my face because I bared all my weight down. What does Fred Bear say? If you can step over it. If you can step over it. Never step on it. Yeah, never step something on like it. That. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Should have, should have taken that you know, into effect, but you know. Yeah. I'm just okay at this, so. <laughs> well, we're both there, okay. Yeah, we're both okay. But, well, you're, you're more than okay. But I stepped on it. It crashed. And now sooner did it crash and I just about fell. I stood up and I looked. Right at the end of where that thing landed and out in the swamp probably about 20 yards i watched the big fella get up i noticed the one side and the color and the and the shape and i'm like i know who that is and as the crow flies from where i'm standing and where he is it's probably about a 40 yard poke and there was no way i was going to come full draw after you know yeah darn near falling on my face but he stood up looked my direction 
didn't blow, didn't stomp, just casually wheeled around and trotted off, working his way through all the thick. And I bet you that deer didn't go far. I don't think he did. No, I, I honestly don't. Because it, it, it's the stem count is so high in there. You, that deer probably worked off out of sight, stood there for a good 20 minutes, and probably looped whatever way was downwind. Yep. Uh, you know, that and he was and down. He, he, probably, was, he was actually downwind to me. He probably bedded back down. Like, if I were, <laughs> if I were being spot. serious and if I knew that deer was there, that would never have been my route of travel. Because I was, he had me dead to rights. Not only did he, he confirmed two things. He saw me by me making all my noise. And he smelt me because the wind picked up, hit me in the back of the head and carried right at him. And that's when he was like, nah, I'm out. See ya. See, he was already downwind, but all he had to do was go back 10, 20 yards and he was, he was safe. And this is, you and I have talked about this. And I asked uh, when we had uh, Jake uh, Bush. Yeah. Jake Bush called in and I was talking mm-hmm. to him. We, yep. I asked him the question. I said, do you ever find where bucks are almost overconfident about their bedding area? Because I was thinking of you in this situation. Yeah. And that buck saw you, smelled you, heard you. Mm-hmm. Wow, what a great bedding location. Right? Yeah. He's thinking. It's right? perfect. He, he, he probably looped back. He didn't go far. And he's back in there. And I get, he'll be in there again. I yeah. mean, I really do think you're going to get cracks on him because he knows that it's kept him safe for so long. Right. It's just going to be waiting to get lucky. Right. <laughs> well, so in fact, to, to prove that theory correct, here's the kicker. Was it two or three weeks ago? I was stumbling around in there. Came That's in the from same? Same spot. I came in from the other way after checking trail cameras. I got on some hot sign. I could. I got a weird way of looking at grass and going, yep, something walked through there. I'm, I'm starting to hone some woodsman's, woodsmanship skills to know when when grass is turned a certain way yep you know something was through here get about 10 yards into it and there's a trail that goes this way now it doesn't look like that's too kicked over look that way that's definitely been kicked over take 10 steps fresh wet pile of deer crap right there okay take another two steps a clumpy wet fresh pile of deer crap (laughs) okay so someone probably got up out of a bed took a crap that was the clumpy the clumpy one and then when they were on their way back from their little walk, they dropped a, a nice loose one here for yeah. us. So, hunt the turd. <laughs> right? Hunt the turd. Hunt, hunt the, the track. Hunt the hunt turd. The, hunt the grass. Why not? I like where you're going with yeah, this. This yeah. is not a new, new thing. Yeah. No, it's not a new thing. It's just paying attention to the details, no matter how minute they are. It's the key, right? And question yourself every time. And the only way you're going to stop questioning yourself is to prove it. So take another 10 yards into the thick following this trail. And it's not very big. It's not very hardly, it's hardly worn. Let's come back to that. Okay. You remind me that. Okay. Let's come back to that, but continue your story. Yeah. So it's hardly worn. I get down it and I found remnants of an old bed. Like, I don't know. Maybe you're familiar with looking at some of these beds in like these tag alder swamps. They'll grow some canary grass in them, maybe where the sun hits. You can see like maybe when the when the cover was thinner earlier in the year, like they had eaten that grass down. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, maybe that grass had died, but you can tell like you look and it's it's a hump. It's so big. It's definitely big enough for a buck to bet on. But it hasn't been used recently. Yep. And you maybe look off and. You know, you're down on a knee because stuff is thick in there. You see a little sign of an old rub. Okay. That's when you, that transition. Yeah. And the transition, literally, I could throw a rock and hit hit the edge. Oh, sorry. I'm I'm just speaking to the the velvet transition. The velvet transition. I do a lot of summer stuff. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. So I'm sorry. Opposite. That's what I'm thinking is fall bed versus summer bed. Sure. Sorry. Sure. Wrong transition. No, no. But that's good to know. Where your transition line is. Yeah. Yeah, it, it wasn't far away. <clears throat> so, and things change yearly too with the conditions. Yep. Things will thicken up. Definitely. Things will go away. But this area seems to be hot the past three years. Take another few steps and I stop after I found that bed and I find another one. And this one makes perfect sense because there's a good sized tree where he would have the wind coming. He'd be on the leeward side of that tree yep. with a westerly. And he can, he can look and see like, it's like a, 
it's a piece of tag alder swamp that opens up into another more grassier, less trees type of stuff. I always like looking out into anything. They like anything that they can see through. Yeah. And he definitely could see through. But that bed definitely hadn't been used in a while. Take another, I want to say maybe 20 steps and stop. And I was going to pull out and, and like mark something on my maps. Yep. And all of a sudden, I, out of the corner of my eye, I see something move and I hear a bunch of stuff break. I see a flash of red. Big body. But the stuff is so thick in there, you can't really yeah, make tell. You hard to tell who it was. Crashing out of the bed, went from what I could hear, you went north and west. This is when you were stopping. This good. is when I had just stopped. Like, he didn't like the fact that I'd stopped. If I yeah. would have kept going, he probably would have just hung out there. That's what makes me think it was probably your big guy, right? Yeah. I mean, and those big ones are going to wait till the last yeah. possible second. Yeah. And then you make them uncomfortable and then they go. If they're either first or the last, yep. they're out of there. Yep. So, stop and look. I see it move. I see the brush kind of shake. I see the red, you know, because he still got his summer coat. I'm pretty confident I know where he went. I know the exit trail out of that bed. It's pretty, it's like a highway coming in, but like the back trails are very minuscule. It's thicker than hell in there. I take about four of my long gaping steps, look, and I can look in the bed. And it's, it's perfect. It's all this willow and brushy stuff it's old dead trees there's a bunch of stuff there's there's all this good stuff so it's it's a cave it's a cave yeah it's a cave for the bear walk (laughs) (laughs) so the bear walk is in there and he's it's huge i walked around and there's more multi-floor rows around that too Anywhere you find multiflora rows, look for beds. I yeah. swear to God. Oh, that stuff is painful as hell to walk through. It's good stuff. You can't bro. have you can't have thick enough pants to walk through it. That's why they've been there. Oh, it is. Nobody ever bugs nobody, them in nobody there. Nobody wants know to go that. There. They know that. Sorry for no, no, no. <laughs> so I circled around the bed because I wanted to see what that exit trail looked like. Because again, stem count is really high. Walk around it and look in there. And I, I did shoot and sent you a video, like. Two of me could lay down in that bed. It was bed. massive. It was, it was a massive I'd say it was bed. at least 14 bush-like cans long. At least. At least 14. Was it the Paps 99 can pack, maybe? Maybe it's the 16 ounces. 14, 16 ounces? Or the 99, 12 ounces. Somewhere in between. It's big. It's sure. big. It was a good size. It was a big bed. <laughs> so I kind of looked around in there. I could smell it, you know, like he stands up and pisses in there. You could smell, and there's hair all over it. And it's all the grass is just laid flat. I mean, there's even um, thistle growing next to it. He didn't carry, bolt the thistle over, and that was laid on. But he had, like, there's essentially three positions in that bed where he could move himself with the winds shifting any variation of westerly. It was perfect. So. I bet you that one got marked on the map. It might have. I bet you that one may have gotten marked. <laughs> and, and I did a bump and dump. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal a term of bump and dump here, but. I went probably about five, six yards away from that bed. There's a dead tree. I, I hung a camera in it. I don't hey. know. I I didn't. I hung one of my cameras. We'll see if it gets anything and probably gets more grass movement than anything because there's so much grass and thick crap in there. But it's it's pointing to where he would come in or exit if he got booted out of there. We'll see. We'll I see. Maybe that, we'll have some. be a very good intel camera. It's it, very good. I'm not going in there until everything's the green is gone. I'm not going in there to take that camera out. It's gonna stay there. Well you'll be able to take it out when you film. I'm 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 not gonna say a word. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna, you I'm gonna work we're gonna work on this together. I've never been there, so it's a little tricky, but I think you're gonna get them. I probably should have had you out there. I've had Eric out there. Eric knows the area. But I'd probably get him lost in there. Um, but that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. And I've gotten that deer on the camera coming out of that area. I've got a couple of cameras. Like that one, he hits like clockwork. It was like every couple of days. He could have walked behind it. He could have walked further away from it because it's so thick. Is that the one in the thick? That's one of the trees in front yep, of it? That's the one. 
I think if you're getting him relatively consistently, it's showing that he is right there in there. Because, and, I, and honestly, that's like you just said, every other day he could I, he I, could alternate just ten yards, just ten yards, one based way, on the east wind. or west. Yep. So if you're getting him every couple of days, I mean, that's telling you all the info you need to know. I, and that, and that's kind of what I thought, and then the proof was in the pudding of me booting his ass out of there. So hopefully, I didn't spook him too hard. But it was a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I think he's got time now, yeah, and and he knows when other guys are entering that piece of property to the north, like their scent will blow right down that that piece of flat high ground, and blow right into that bed. He'll know. He'll know exactly what's going on there. He'll know if the does are up there feeding on the oaks. It, everything works in his favor there. So now, as far as luring him out of there, in your favor. There won't be any luring. It'll be he's going to come when he damn well feels. I'm pretty sure of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And 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 this is this this bed's only going to be good for a few weeks because once the hunting pressure starts getting in there, he's going to push back. He's going to push back, and he's going to push push further in. And now, I don't. You have a piece of information that's very useful from one of the most heavily pressured times of year, mm-hmm. last year during gun season. What did you learn? I learned where he likes to bed during gun season. If you know where a gun, a deer will bed during the week of gun season, I feel like that's a very important, I mean, not I, many people know that. No. That's an intricate detail that not a lot of people know. And that, that bed is another foolproof. It's like around, you've, I sent you pictures of that Yeah, bed. I've seen where, and I, you <laughs> sent me it on the map and I, what, what do you do? Right. I mean, there's not a lot. Of, no. And that's you why he's there. You can't hang a tree stand in there. It's, you're not hang, You're not getting in there without falling over deadfall. It's there's horrible. There's cattail. There's red brush. There's willow. There's anything that can whip you, poke you, smack you in the face. It's there. You want to get wet? Take one wrong step. You're going down to your nuts in, in water. But here's the deal. That's an opportunity to get creative. Oh, it is. I always tell my students, create problems require creative solutions yeah so i mean if it comes down to it and it's late in season there yeah we may have to come up with something that we borrow from someone else uh-huh but i mean if we know where he escapes the ultimate pressure we may have to put apply some pressure yeah and have someone waiting in the ultimate yeah escape spot yeah you bet you know what i mean like right if it comes down to it if you know where he feels safest this you could... may just have to apply pressure to where you don't want him. This could lead to a send him where you want him. A really nice late end of season fill your gun tag if you haven't filled it type of deal. Sit there, sit I'll there, go walking. You tell or me all whatever. the spots they hit. I don't care. It's it's perfect the way you this lays out. You won't have a gun tag. I, I'm hoping not. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a, that's hey, a man, strip. I'm, you never but, know. You never but, know. I mean, but but in all seriousness, this deer that Greg is hunting. You know a lot of information, which is helpful, but in the same point, it's almost makes it more difficult because the area that he, I mean, he's there for it, a reason. It gives you reason to second guess your stand location. That I'm almost thinking I want to hang where I have that camera, camera. or that where I'm getting the pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm almost thinking I want to hang there. There's two trees that'll work there. Now, how far is that from suspected where he is? Can you get in? Can you get in quiet? It's about 60 to 80 yards. Would you be hanging in Tamarack? It's Tamarack. So you'd be a little careful. You got a little flaky bark. A yeah. A little bit of noise. Yeah, there's always noise with those. Yep. And anything else that's out there is dead. And it's not safe to climb in. And there's no cover. And honestly, I think I'm probably going to only be about eight feet off the ground. Max. Max. Yeah. Because of the, the overstory and the understory. You've got that fine line where... You're six feet up, it's almost perfect, but not quite. You're eight feet up, yeah, I can get a shot down in there. If I'm 12 to 15, 18, 20 feet up, I might hear them crashing around over here, but I'm not going to see them. And that, that is one advantage I've noticed is when you get into those areas where there aren't a lot of trees, the deer aren't looking up. No. When they're in hardwoods, down here especially, a lot of deer know to look up. Yeah. But when you're out in a grassy area, a marshy area, and there's barely, you know, shit trees around, yeah, I feel like that's their safe spot. Yeah, they don't tend to look up. So even being up eight feet might be out of their safe zone. You know what sure. I mean? Like they're not used to 
what's out in the marsh to get them that's right about nobody's hunting out there really i took a doe out of a marsh property not far from there and i you know running late long story short was running late i had my stand my sticks all my crap with and i'm looking around going there's no good tree there was one ugly nasty willow tree i think every windstorm that year had hit it there were branches laying all over the place there was one that was about this high off the ground and it was this deep in water so it's like man it's getting down to crunch time i gotta get up somewhere so standing sticks off my back camera arm camera fanny pack all the crap hell with it it's gonna go on this branch because it's up out of the water because if i set it on the grass It'll settle and sink and everything will be soaking wet. Yep. And it's a long walk back to the truck. <laughs> Hell with it. I'm going to throw it on the branch. I get up in this, this uh, ugly ass craggly willow tree and the tree, the, the trunk, I bet is probably this big around. Holy cow. It's big. Those willows. But yeah, they grow ugly. Yeah, they, they, wind hits them, some branches snap. Now we'll grow back two more heads. And the and branches I'll... will fall, and then branches, tree will turn yeah, out the trees growing exactly. up. Exactly. That's where I did my velvet filming was yeah. off of a branch growing off of a tree. Yeah, <laughs> yep, exactly. So I get about, we'll say, four feet off the ground, if I'm lucky, and put my back to it, and I kind of just move some branches around so I had some cover. And I had one branch that was perfect. It was like low hanging and stopped to like right about here. Well, I'm watching and I can see over onto some private off in the distance. And I see deer running around on the private, on the crop fields as the farmer's picking. And then I hear some crashing around. And I look and here's a doe. Comes right out. And I know this section real good. There's a trail that's like I-94 that comes through there. <laughs> heading right for the crop fields and the wind was out of the northeast so it was like if it swirled east those deer were picking me if it stayed the course it was fine just off huh? it's just off well doe comes out and stops and looks right towards me and I, and i look at it and go if i was standing right up there i could pick me off no problem well i'm just gonna stand still Stood still. Now hear more splashing around behind her. Here comes another good-sized doe. Okay, I got two sets of eyes watching me. Perfect. This is great. Well, that doe put her head down and started feeding and walked back. Was behind like the curtain of thick stuff. Nice. This doe comes walking out in the canary grass and the water. Still kind of looking my direction. And then the wind stopped. And it swirled just a little bit. I'm going, oh no, here we go. We're gonna we're gonna have blowing going on here soon. Must not have bothered her. She, I walked over there, so she was smelling where I had walked. Yeah. And this area is frequented by bird hunters, so you know they're kind of used to people being in. It's some not of that totally area. out of yeah. the ordinary. Yeah, it's not totally out of the ordinary. So she's smelling my where I'd walked and kind of starting to follow towards the tree. Ten yards away. She looks and she sees my stand on top of the branch, sees it and gets curious. I'm like, you're not. Oh yeah, you are. Walked right. Walk oh. right up to it. <laughs> and, and you know, they're so close. She's so close. I can hear her breathing and sucking it all in. Oh yeah, sucking it all in. I'm like, yep, get a good whiff. I'm, I'm, I'm just waiting for this to start happening here. I'm waiting for you to start blowing. Yep, it's gonna be a party here real quick. And her friend is, I can hear her friend middling around and not doing anything, no big deal. Well, she gets nervous after smelling, smelling, and looking at that tree stand for about two minutes. Wheels around and bounds once and stops and turns and looks and turns around and starts walking back again. I'm like, okay, this is a game now. So I clip the release on real carefully. And mind you, it's from me to the ottoman away by now. And I put the release on and she just kind of looks, looks my direction, but doesn't do the. She's standing in grass? She's standing in grass, but the grass, you know, it's kind of laid down because it's all wet underneath. Yep. And the wind had hit it a few times already. So it's, this was probably late. No, this was not. Yeah. Late September. 
because the, the Brewers are in the playoffs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, All right. <laughs> so, and my wife's sending me text messages of the score of the game, and they're, win- and they're winning. Oh, you know, okay. So it's all good. And you're thinking I might be losing right now. Yeah, I might, I might be losing right now. <laughs> I'm going to be losing right now. Put, <laughs> clip the release on, and she comes back to take another, you know, another hit. <laughs> I don't know if I like that smell. And goes, nah, I probably shouldn't stick around here too long. And and just, you know, takes a couple steps and stops. And I pick my bow up. And she just kind of looks my direction, but like looks right past me or right through me. I don't know. Didn't, didn't, nothing, nothing happened in here. Carefully draw. And then she kind of did this. And I pulled in and, you know, lined up the peep. Looked for the crease squeeze the release and watch the arrow disappear it hit a little high because she was so close and i had set for 20 yards you know so i hit high went ripping right through arrow disappeared in the in in all the grass she bounded took about three steps stopped coughed took another i don't know she might have went 30 yards with that shot and piled up before she had to cross a ditch holy cow that's awesome. So, <laughs> died right there. Okay, this is cool. You get down, and you know, and you're kind of jacked up because that was a close encounter. Heck yeah! It was literally on the, it's just about on the ground. That's very exciting. Yeah. So, and it was a dough, and it was great. It tasted delicious. Heck yeah! That's awesome. But I go to start looking because you know I gave her a few minutes, and I heard her cough, and I heard her thrashing around, and that was it. Got down, looked for the blood, tried to find the arrow. Yeah, you know, canary grass this tall. It's a foot of water underneath Not that. A great situation. No, that arrow's gone. So there's an artifact in there somewhere. But <laughs> come come up to where she had crossed through, and there's blood all over the place, all over the canary grass, and up some of the branches of some of this willow that she went past. And took another 10 steps and looked, and there she was piled up right before she crossed the ditch. Didn't That's make awesome. it, you know. So, didn't go 20. Yeah, didn't go 20. <laughs> Boys. <laughs> Probably should edit that out. That's very cool. Yeah. So it's pr- kind of fun because, like, I can still hear deer back in the, in this willow thicket. Back where they were. Yeah, where, where they had come from. I tore out, and coyotes are howling everywhere. Perfect. So, yeah, perfect. So I take my sweatshirt and put it on top of her take my my hat and my coat and my tree stand put it on top of her but i might as well run back to the truck call my buddy my buddy's like you get one you call me so called him we went he met me at my truck got the deer cart went got back to the deer gotten it out and i I hear something walking shine the headlamp and there's two more does walking right to us like they didn't care (laughs) here here we are got your friend and you're uh it was dark out. Oh, it was dark out. It's unbelievable how that that ten minutes of yeah. difference between when they come in at green light and they're super skittish, and all of a sudden it's dark and you got your headlamp on. Yeah. It's unbelievable how that that yeah. confidence yeah. in deer goes through yeah. the roof. Yeah. When it's dark. They can't see me. I'm just gonna sit here and watch. And I don't know how long that deer had sat there and watched. It's like, yeah, I got something to do here. But yeah, I mean that was that was a good time. That's very cool. Yeah. Well, what do you think? I mean, I, I think we've covered what we want to do, what we aspire to do for opening day. I think we, we touched on opening we, day a little bit. We touched, yeah, we touched yeah. on opening day a little bit. Yeah, so, so um, I will mention that, I mean, maybe this can be spliced up however you want, but uh, evening, Saturday evening, Yeah, I've got a, a spot picked out for Adam and I. Um, the area I shot my buck last year is a big bedding area. Well, I shouldn't say big, it's relatively small. Grassy, a little bit of marsh, a little bit of high ground. Yeah. Found a couple of beds in there. And uh, we're going to walk in through a creek. And then his tree that I, I was going to hunt in, I threw a couple. The first time I put my sticks on a tree, I got new sticks, was in this tree to test it out. And he can go right from the water up a tree 
Okay. It's only going to go up about 10 feet, and there's a, some shrubs in front. Uh -huh. And it's looking over two creek crossings, one on each side of them. Nice. And uh, he's got shooting out in front of him coming out of there. It's supposed to be higher than hell. Oh, it's so going to be. should be automatically coming that direction. You would that's think. Where the egg is. And then he's going to be right over. So I told him, I said, you're going to shoot a deer in the water. Yeah. Get ready. Yeah. That'll be so awesome to do. Blood in the water. Blood in the water, baby. So that's what I. <laughs> Attract the sharks. I'll just go somewhere close by. Yeah. See what happens. Well, you're you're doing something to get him on deer, and that that'll be awesome for him to experience. Heck yeah. It'll be sweet. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think that kind of wraps it up. We we covered that, and then some. Jumped on a bunch of rabbit <laughs> holes. It's supposed to be about a half hour long. I'm pretty sure it's much longer than that, but that's okay. Maybe it's, about 32, 33. There you go, 33, 33 and a half, whatever it takes. Cool. Well, here we go. We're going to end it. Okay, as Hunter.